Real Life Moms community, I am so excited to announce that now you can subscribe to the Real Life Moms podcast. For only $1.99 a month, you'll have access to ad-free previous release, subscriber-only episodes, early release of our upcoming episodes, and once a month, you'll have access to a bonus content like behind the scenes or an intimate Q&A with our guests. A subscription to Real Life Moms podcast can make an amazing gift for yourself or for someone you love. So subscribe today. Just click on the link in the show notes of this episode. And now back to this week's podcast. Welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm your host, Lisa Foster. And Real Life Moms is a podcast that's all about moms having real conversations, sharing resources, and telling their inspiring stories. Our mission is to connect moms by talking about these topics that parents deal with every day and to continue these conversations in our Real Life Moms Facebook group, where we would love for you to become part of our community. Today, I invited Jenny Gunther, mother of two kids, a pediatric physical therapist, and a volunteer with Moms Demands Action for the past four years to help discuss and educate us an extremely important topic that has been top of mind in keeping our families and loved ones safe, and that is gun violence in the U.S. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to Real Life Moms. And today we are going to discuss the topic probably has been long overdue, and it's right now top of mind for most people and parents, and that is gun violence in the U.S. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm honored to talk about this important topic. Yeah, and I am truly, truly thankful that you want to have this conversation because it is a big one. And I just know that you have so many facts and you have great insight and some resources for parents that are looking for resources. So um, so I'm really thankful that you're willing to come on and actually talk about this topic with us. Yes, of course. So Jenny, maybe we'll just like start with just a little bit about you and how you even became involved in this topic. Yes, here. I'm, I'm a mom. I have two kids right now. I'm a daughter who's 13 and a son who's 10. Um, and I've, I'm a pediatric physical therapist, which that's how we met. Really, you know, if I think back, I... I often describe myself as not really being political. I would say things like I kind of thought I was being polite. I didn't think we really needed to talk about politics. And I kind of had a change. And I would say, looking back, it was it was probably back after the election in 2016. Um, and I, I started to realize that, you know, I don't necessarily think I was being polite. I think I was being privileged. And I, I honestly think politics is, is life. There isn't anything in our lives that isn't political. And being able to really not care about politics or not be involved, I think really is a privilege to not have to care. So I also, I have a great role model in my mom. My mom yes. is an activist. She is involved. She has been involved for many, many years. Um, I think I kind of quietly watched all the things she was doing. She's run for office. Um, she's now actually on a school board. She was elected mm. to a school board. And I, I, maybe it was like secretly rubbing off, but not really yes. realizing it. Um, right. And so mm-hmm. it took me a little bit longer. But yeah, I would say that's that's kind of when I started to to pay more attention, get more yeah. involved and, and start listening there. And I can I could totally relate to that because I like to say instead of privilege, I think I I think I'm more naive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I love yeah. the way you say privilege because that is now thinking about that, that is true. It's like I, I never was very political. Um I kind of stayed away from all that. I also felt very much like, what could I do even if I had it? You know, uh-huh. even if I yeah. had, what could I do, right? Sure. I'm one sure. person, I don't know much. So I really feel like mine was more naive. Uh-huh. But, but you, you, you definitely got involved. So tell us like what, so, what switched with that? 
Yeah. So I'm going to talk more. I, I've gotten involved in a lot of areas, but I think we're kind of talking about gun violence right now. So mm-hmm. I'd say it was back in 2018 when I really had my enough is enough moment where I felt like I needed to do something more than just, you know, talk to my friends or to my husband about the fears that I had about gun violence. And I had heard of an organization called Moms Demand Action from uh, some friends from out of state who were members. And I just decided, I remember one morning w- waking up and I just kind of Googled Moms Demand Action and looked for um, any meetings that were in uh, my area. And it was after the Parkland shooting. And so there were lots of meetings popping up. And I did, I just, I think I grabbed a few friends of mine and I grabbed my own mom also. And we went to our first meeting and really heard about what Moms Demand Action is, which I'll, I'll tell you about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just realized like this, this is what I want to do. These are my people. These are moms. <laughs> These are um, other, you know, you don't have to be a mom, which I'll tell you about, but it's really people that just want to boots on the ground, volunteer and, and make change and get something mm-hmm. done. So I've, I've gone from just going to the meetings and listening and kind of doing some of the things I learned there. And now I'm a I'm team leader and our uh, co-lead for our Douglas County group here. So I am helping to lead the meetings and really gather people to come together. So if, if some background for listeners, if mm-hmm. they haven't heard of Moms Demand Action before, I'll give just a little um, background on them. But Moms Demand Action was founded back in 2012 after the Sandy Hook shooting. So it was founded by Shannon Watts. And Shannon was a stay-at-home mom at the time. Um, and she had her, I would say, enough is enough moment like I was talking about. And she decided she wanted to look for something that was similar to MAD, which is Mothers Against Drunk Driving, something mm-hmm. similar to that for um, gun violence prevention. And she did, couldn't find anything. And so she uh, tells a story that she started with her own Facebook group of maybe 60-ish people. Um, and if you fast forward now going on 10 years, they are there are close to 8 million supporters nationwide. Uh-oh. So she's, you know, a mom. She's one person, like we were just talking about. What, one what can one person do? What can mm-hmm. one mom do? And um, yeah, now she has supporters uh, nationwide. There are organizations in all 50 states. It's really grassroots. We work under the Everytown for Gun Safety. They are the research um, branch of Moms Demand Action. So Moms Demand Action really is the volunteer tears and then the, every town does the research and um, raises money to help with some of the things that need to be done yeah that's that's kind of a background of how of how yeah was founded let's talk a little bit about just why do you feel gun violence in general is such a big problem in the U.S. compared to maybe other countries uh, well I think that's a good a good question because I do think it's important to have kind of some understanding of some of the statistics that yep. that sets America apart from some of the other uh, countries. And, mm-hmm. and when I talk about other countries, too, we really are doing comparative to countries that are similar economics you know, status to, to America. And a lot of this, the statistics I'll give come from the every town for gun safety research. And if you do go to their website, all of the data is linked to research and the sources are all there. So I'm just going to give you a few like things that stand out to me and, and really every day in America, there are more than 110 Americans who are killed with guns. That's over 40,000 Americans a year. That is a huge number. And really when I started working with moms back four years ago, the numbers were less. It keeps going up and up when we hand out pamphlets or flyers, we have to keep redoing them because the numbers keep going up. Um, And and if you think about the number of guns we have in this country compared to other countries, another thing I think that's important is we talk about the number of deaths in our country, but 
also the number of people that are wounded. So it's over 84,000, I believe, that people are wounded. And that's part of, you know, me working at a, a pediatric hospital. I see kids who are wounded by guns mm. um, a lot. I would say this past year, it's more in my 20-year career that I've seen. Wow. And it's, it's life-changing, life-altering um, injuries, uh, lots of spinal cord injuries, young kids, teenagers. And um, these injuries, are they within home guns that they just yeah. get a handle on or within? So, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's really good that you asked that because the, the statistic that stands out and I'll give you more is right now, firearms are the leading cause of death for American children and teens. Mm. So if you really think about it, the number one cause of children in our country, in America, um, is firearms. That's wow. more than car accidents. That's more than cancer. That's more than, you know, other injuries. It's, it's from firearms. And really, if you're under the age of 13, most of these deaths frequently occur in the home. So a lot of times it's access to a gun within the home that is, you know, leading to these injuries and or deaths. Are these accidental or are these so, purposeful? Yeah, so I think both. So we um, like to use the word unintentional instead mm -hmm. of accidental. And it's really okay. just a, a slight, you know, catch on the word because we sure. do think it could be prevented, right? A lot of these deaths. So some of them, right, if it is access, getting access, that is an unintentional death. It's not an accident, right? You mm -hmm. could you could prevent it. Um, a lot of these, I'd say, are more homicides than, than unintentional, but the unintentional deaths are increasing as more people have guns in their home that aren't secured. And we're talking about a lot of the awful facts right now. And I think when we're done, I, I can give you maybe a little bit of positive and some laws, gun safety laws that we have passed to make things right. safer. So <laughs> um, right. I think if we get through yeah, some of these statistics, and then um, I'll talk about some of the things that are being done, because I think you know, I was thinking before I talked to you today, like, how am I feeling? And I think I'm simultaneously feeling like at all times, I'm furious, I'm angry, I'm sad, mm -hmm. I'm horrified. And these are really hard things to feel at all times. But I, I do have a little bit of hope that that change can come. Mm -hmm. um, because things, things have changed. Um, you know, Shannon Watts likes to say that many people say nothing's changed since Sandy Hook. And, and while on the federal level, and I will give there is an update on that as well that like just came through my phone today. Mm. Nothing has been done since Sandy Hook. Lots of things have been happening at the local levels and the um, state levels. So, okay. so some things are happening. So we can we can get into that. So basically, stay, stay tuned because yes. there'll be some positive yes. <laughs> on the end, but we're going to go through not so positive to yes, start with. Yes. Right? Because I was I was looking at all these things and it is and, and you're I think what you're saying that kind of what sets America apart from other countries. So the U.S. gun homicide is 26 times that of other high income countries. So yeah. if we're comparing, again, high income countries similar to America, 26 times that. So um, another kind of quote I don't want to use as my own that Shannon Watts has said, if, if access to guns made us safer, you know, we should be the safest nation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and right. clearly, clearly we're not. I believe we have enough guns in this country for every person to have one. So in the U.S. right now, we have close to 400 million uh, weapons firearms. Wow. And if you think about that, we have 330 million, these are approximate people in this country. So there we have, you know, more guns, guns, more guns <laughs> than people. 
Yes. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Um, again, like I said, if, if more guns made us safer, what we should be the safest. And I think, yes, I think gun violence is an and problem, right? It is, um, a lot of people will say, well, we have a mental health problem in this country. Okay. And so do other countries, right? So do other countries, they have mental health problems. Mm -hmm. It's video games, correct? And how many other countries have video games? All of the things we can say, you know, leads to our gun violence problem, the other countries have as well. What the Mm -hmm. other countries don't have as the number of guns we have Mm -hmm. and the lax gun laws that we have. So, you know, there's there's the and. I really like to say and, okay, you can bring up the other things. I'm not gonna negate the other things. And if you think the other things are important, okay. Then, then you go work on that and show me mm-hmm. what you're doing, you know, to improve the mental health, um, a- access to mental health care in our country. I'm not going to tell you that's not important, but what I'm going to say is I think um, access to guns is also important. And that's, that's why I'm talking today. Um, yeah. I think it's important. Um, what are other countries laws, if you know this, um, that we don't have in place? So I will not say that I know exactly what it is, but I know that's we've okay. talked about right in Australia um, and in New Zealand when they had a mass, I believe it was Australia's mass shooting mm-hmm. that they had for that. They put in tons of gun safety measures and they haven't had another major mass shooting yeah. since that time. I, yes. I do have a friend from Australia and she mm-hmm. had once said to me, she goes, oh yeah, we had one shooting and that was it. Guns were like, I don't know if they were taken away, but she goes, we're not allowed to have guns, you know, like right. that's it. Right. And that's all it took. Um, That was her perspective, at least, of what happened. And, you know, obviously there's still violence, but it's not gun violence. So, yeah, exactly. Um, And I think there are lots of myths out there um, about guns. And that's what makes it so tricky Mm -hmm. when you're having, um, when you're talking to someone maybe who doesn't side the same way or talks, you know, I'm pro Second Amendment. And I didn't say this earlier, but the work that I do and with Moms Man Action, it's a nonpartisan organization. So it really isn't that you have to be a Democrat or a Republican. Now, do more Democrats lean towards the gun safety laws we want prevented? Yes. But uh, does that mean that Republicans can't? Absolutely not. Can there be Republicans within the group? Absolutely. Um, and we really aren't anti-gun. We're anti-gun mm-hmm. violence, right? So we're yeah. ways to prevent the gun violence. I think the words we use are really important as well. So I, we really don't use gun control. We, I think that word gun control has been kind of hijacked by the um, people who think that we're just trying to take everyone's guns away. We're trying to control you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to save lives. We're trying to uh, prevent gun violence. We're trying mm-hmm. to um, improve gun safety. And, and I, it might sound like semantics, but I do think it's important, you know, to use, to use those words when we're talking about what we want to do. Sure. Yeah. And, 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 and I have gone to some meetings as well. Mm-hmm at a chapter out here. And what I found is a lot of members, you know, do have guns, Yeah, you know, yeah. so they are not against guns. They own right. guns, but right. they want to be safe with them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think some of the myths that people say is that everyone already has, you know, there's background check laws, right? Everyone has access to a background check. And really, this isn't true. You, someone can say that, but really the federal law right now says it only requires licensed dealers to do a background check. So that means there are millions of guns exchanged at gun shows online, non-licensed dealers where people can access guns without background checks um, mm. in different states. So I think, again, knowing just the the nuances of the laws is really important when you have a conversation with someone because mm-hmm. I, I think some people you're going to talk to and 
and there's going to be no change in their minds. And that's okay. If there, I think there are certain people where we don't need to spend our time and energy. But there are other people that I think if you do have these talks and, and have the, you know, facts behind you, um, it can help. There's a common thing people will say, well, what about Chicago? Chicago has a huge um, gun violence um, problem. And Chicago, you know, does have some of the tightest gun regulations there are. But really, states are only as safe as their neighboring states laws, right? So um, although many of the gu- so many of the guns found in the crime that are in Chicago can be traced back to states with weaker gun laws. It, as I'm saying this, I want to say two things because it's making me think of what I learned when I went to my first Moms Demand Action meeting was really how important the local and state laws and elections are. So when I went to my first meeting, I remember they asked me, uh, who is your uh, state senator and who's your state representative? And I remember said, oh, yes, uh, Cory Gardner, Michael Bennett. And they were like, OK, no, that, those are your like federal senators, but who's your state senator? Mm-hmm. And I realized, I mean, even with all the work my mom's done, I did not know their names. I, mm-hmm. I don't think I even realized how important our you know, state. So at the Colorado State Capitol, who is representing me? at the state house. Um, mm-hmm. So I, and then also even more locally, like who are my county commissioners in Douglas County? Who's on my school board in, in Douglas County? You know, what kind of things do they believe in? Um, but it's ledge.colorado.gov. And you can put your address in and they will give you all the information about who's representing you right now. And I think it's it can be really eye-opening to see kind of, and you can see all the bills that they sponsor and, and whether it not be just guns, but other things that are important to you and kind of see who's, who's at our Colorado State Capitol. Great. Um, so just educating yourself, going to this website, putting yeah. in your address address yeah. mm-hmm. getting who is representing you is important yeah. yes yeah and in our colorado state capital lisa is actually really accessible you can go yes. you can have meetings you can meet with your representatives you can listen in if they're having any hearings on any bills you can testify um it might sound overwhelming at first i think you can start with you know finding out who your representative is and maybe sending an email and then you know getting a little bit braver making a phone call and then mm-hmm. you know if the bill when a lot of these gun safety bills that come up and I can talk about what Colorado has done um you can testify you can tell your story and and it's and your stories are impactful and can be listened Mm -hmm. to so you when we say what can we do as just one person um, Mm -hmm. one person can make a difference and I didn't realize um because you had told me about the capital and I think Mm -hmm. I went to sit in on a just a meeting I don't remember exactly what was going on at the time maybe Uh in the school yeah and I was amazed at, A, how much information was there that I had no idea. Yes. And how just a normal person could go to one of these and be present. And even just, even in just sitting in there to show support, you know, alone, I felt like I was helping and making a difference. So Uh I was so surprised that that was even a thing. I just want to stop you because there is so much information. I want to know, um, let's talk a little bit about these laws, right? Yeah. Just in general, what laws are already in place and and then maybe progressing that to what bills are waiting to be passed, I guess, within our state, since you know that better. Yeah, so um, that's good. So I'll talk about Colorado and Colorado does have some good um, gun safety laws that we pass. I think there are many more we can pass, but we have done some good work in the past several years after um, the Aurora Theater shooting back in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, many gun safety laws were passed. What's interesting about that is after 
after the majority Democrats passed those laws, several legislators were then um, put up to be recalled because people got so upset about it. So Mm -hmm. I think this is interesting to talk about because that was back in 2013. um, And it really... I think I think the pendulum is shifting because we are now able to talk about these gun safety laws without as much worry mm-hmm. uh, as much because I don't think it's all the way there for legislators to get recalled because of being brave and, and voting like they need to. But it is important for us to to support our legislators who are making these important um, mm-hmm. law passing these important laws. Some of the laws back then were the uh, background checks, expanding our background checks in the state of Colorado, which is is really great statewide. This is what we're kind of pushing towards at the federal level, which I can talk more about. Mm -hmm. Um, But just last year after, I mean, we have so many after the King Supers shooting, um, there were six laws that were passed and a few to touch upon that I think are are most important. One was a safe storage bill. So um, a secure storage is what it's called. And we had talked about that earlier, how firearms are the leading cause of death for American children. and, And some of those are unintentional shootings. And so one of the bills is to be sure that if you have firearms in your home and you have children or anyone in your home that should not legally have access to firearms, that they be securely stored. And I kind of, to me, think it sounds like common sense, but um, mm-hmm. it's it's now a law that you, oh, must, wow. so okay. you must have it secured in a, in a manner that a child would not, a child or anyone, a teenager or anyone who's not legally able to have access to a gun could not get to them. Mm-hmm. And um, do you want to expand what that might be for those that are listening that maybe has a gun that is not necessarily safely so stored? Um, I think the main thing is that it is it is locked up and it's not accessible. Um, to a child. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Got it. And then... We also, so this one I think is really important because they passed it last year and I I honestly didn't even know it was a law at the time, but to lift the ban on local government uh, passing stricter gun laws than the the actual state of Colorado. So it used to be a ban. So whatever the state of Colorado had, as far as the laws, uh, a local ordinance could not pass something stricter. Well, that ban is gone. And that actually, Lisa, you live in Boulder County. I don't know how Mm -hmm. much or you've been paying attention to Louisville, Lafayette, Superior, but Mm -hmm. just last week, right? Those city councils passed Mm -hmm. a a whole plethora of ordinances, gun safety ordinances, including um, banning the possession and sale of assault weapons um, and including large capacity magazines, prohibiting open carry in some areas, um, putting a waiting period. And Colorado, our state does not have a waiting period law. And this is something I'm actually very passionate about. Um, But so these local counties are now doing this. And I, again, like I spoke to earlier, it's, it's not the end all answer because you can, you can go to another County, right. To, mm-hmm. to get a gun, you can go to another state, but it's a start. And it's a really good start. And, and those city council members, um, I'm sure they heard from both sides, but I know the room was packed with moms, man, action volunteers showing their support for mm-hmm. being brave and passing these really life-saving, um, yeah ordinances and at least right they can go somewhere else but if you're making it more difficult for someone Mm -hmm. to do that yes maybe if it's you know making something more difficult they may choose something else (laughs) you know what that makes me think exactly what you're saying when we talk about gun safety and we and of course the the mass shootings and the school shootings are horrific and they take up 
the headlines as they should because of the collective trauma, right? They cause for everyone involved. And if you look at the number one cause of, of gun deaths, it's suicide in our country. And so it's it's close to 60% of deaths from firearms are from suicide. Mm-hmm. So, you know, access to a gun triples three times your risk of suicide if you have access. Right. And then if you do use a gun um, to a, attempt suicide, it's more than 90% effective. Mm-hmm. So you, you're not getting a second chance. It's that mm-hmm. access to a gun. And that's exactly right. This is, if we're making it more difficult to access the gun, we're saving lives. And right. and, yeah. and one thing I, you know, one of the meetings that I had gone was a suicide prevention mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. in there. And one thing that really stuck with me having kind of teens, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what, they have a bad day, right? Yeah. It's just, and in a teen's life or yeah. anyone's life, you know, your husband loses his job, bad day. Right. That one second thought of just like, I need to be done. Yeah. And if there's a gun available, it it's, it's over, right. Yeah. It's over in the house. And that really stuck with me because if it's locked up and they had a bad day, you know what, they might go to sleep and the next day might look brighter, right. but sometimes you don't give that person that chance because they have something available to just and, end it there. And, and exactly. And it's, and it's successful. There's no second mm-hmm. chance. And I, I think both you and I have a someone we know, a mutual friend, where this was the story not mm-hmm. too long ago, mm-hmm. um, where she had access to a gun and, and ended her life. And this waiting period is really important to me right now. This is a, a big one that I... Yeah, um, discuss the yeah. waiting period, because I'm not that familiar with what that... It's it's a, a law that you're, that's trying yeah, to pass. Yeah, so Colorado what is that? doesn't have it. Other states do. All the other, you know, other states have different waiting period laws in place, but I, I can't speak to the exact specifics, but basically it's that if you go in and you want to purchase a firearm, you know, most states would have you do the background check and a background check usually can take place in a matter of minutes and you purchase your gun. So you walk mm-hmm. in, you would like to purchase a gun. They do a background check. It's done. Um, you know, background checks aren't aren't checking how you're feeling that day or why you're going to use that gun right now. And Mm -hmm. a waiting period would be just that. You cannot access it that time, whether it be a three-day, a 10-day, different Mm -hmm. states. I think in Boulder County, one of the, um, I think it's up to 10 days before you can, you can get your gun. So it's going to save lives, especially for, for those contemplating taking their own life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. okay, so as we're talking about laws, though, with that one, another one mm-hmm. that was passed in Colorado, and this was in 2019, um, is what's called the um, most well-known as the Red Flag Law, or the ERPO, which stands for Extreme mm-hmm. Risk Protection Order. And this is something I worked really hard to help get passed, and it was uh, actually named after Sheriff Zachary uh, Parrish, who uh, was a sheriff in Douglas County, where I'm from, and he he was killed by someone that had access to many, many weapons when they were responding. It sounds like the um, officers did know this individual had uh, weapons at home and was unsafe. Um, the mother knew that as well, but there was no way, and this individual was uh, showing signs that they were unsafe unsafe to others and themselves, but there was no way to, at that time, remove the weapons from this individual. And Zachary ended up losing or being killed because of that um, as he responded to to this individual's home. So 
The extreme risk protection order um, is a tool that law enforcement can use or a family member if they feel that their family member is in crisis or showing signs that, they, again, they're, un they're going to be unsafe to themselves or others, where they can uh, petition a judge to have the judge make the decision whether or not the person's firearms can be removed. And I won't get into all the, the details of the law. A lot of people say it's just taking someone's guns away without any due process. That is not true. And it would allow that individual to get the help they needed before. Mm. And it can be a temporary ERPO uh, extreme risk protection order. And then they, again, go in front of the judge and the person can then say whether they think they deserve to have their guns back or not. Mm. Um, and then it can be extended out for a year if, it, if that's deemed necessary. And I think the other piece to this law that's important, it also um, would allow the person to not, right, if a background check was run, to not be able to purchase a gun. That's what I was just about to ask. Yes. Okay. That is another that was um, that was passed in Colorado. So so Colorado does have some some good gun safety laws, and we have some really brave legislators out there working hard to make sure we're going to pass more, and I think more will, yeah. will come up in 2023. Um, and I have to ask this, I do. Um, yeah. So with all these, I mean, it sounds like we're doing pretty well comparatively, but yet, I mean, we've had multiple yeah. huge shootings in yes. Colorado, yes. even recently. So anything to say to that? Well, I'm still 18 to buy mm -hmm. a, it's a rifle or a long gun, um, mm -hmm. but I want to look that up um, in Colorado. So it is legal, just like these recent shootings that happened for, you know, an 18 year old. I think we I would love for us to raise the purchasing age to higher, mm -hmm. 21, even 25. Um, and, and can I ask you this too, um, because my kids have asked, um, actually, is, you know, raising the age from 18 to 25, what do you feel that accomplishes? I would feel it would, just like any of our other laws out there, where mm -hmm. an 18-year-old isn't allowed to drink alcohol mm -hmm. because we don't feel like as a society they're ready. Uh, they're not able to rent a car because our society feels uh, they don't have mm -hmm. the maturity to do that. And mm -hmm. it, it, just more time, right, to mature mm -hmm. to before you have access. I personally may have uh, other views that no one should have access to yeah. assault rifles. Well, and that's what the question was in my family was, yes. well, raising the age. Well, a lot of these shootings, you know, one recently was an 18 year old, but you know, a lot of them are not, they're older. So yes. I think that's, that was their question. So yeah. thank you for just and giving some insight to absolutely. it. And there is, there is a push right now. I don't know how far we'll get that federally that we did have an assault weapons ban back. Don't know the exact years in the nineties um, for several years. And it, it ran out and the law expired. Mm -hmm. To have them, so this isn't. There is precedent to have an assault weapon right. ban, right? Because who really needs an assault weapon? Well, to me, I think if you're at war, and I can't come up with any other reasons, <laughs> right? If more than two thousand one hundred children and teens were dying every year um, from anything else, would we as a country just sit back and say, "Well, uh, there's nothing we can do about that"? Okay, big stuff here. Big stuff. I know. Okay. Yes. Any other laws that you feel? that our listeners should know about? That you know, I think, I think as I was preparing to talk to you today, um, there's a whole bunch of headlines coming out that it does look like the Senate so um, is coming together with some bipartisan support for some gun safety laws. Uh, and that that is big. I don't know all the details on what that is at the as I'm talking to you, but I'm sure all the details are coming out. 
Our House, so again, I'm talking at the federal level now, has passed several laws. So making it federal uh, ERFO red flag law at the federal level. So all states need to have them. A federal background check law, again, so that all states have it. There's um, something called the Charleston loophole. I don't know if you've heard of that one, Lisa. I have not. um, So it's where, yes, many states have, you must have a background check, but the background check, if it doesn't go through within three days, then automatically you're just able to act to purchase your gun. So they'll kind of, well, sorry, it took so long. Okay. You can get your gun. Well, usually when it's taking longer for these laws to go through, there's usually probably a reason it's taking longer. Maybe, maybe there's some more um, background they need to investigate. Maybe the person's lived in different areas and they call it the Charleston loophole because I believe it was in the church in South Carolina Um, the Emanuel Church in South Carolina, where a shooter was able to access his gun, even though he was legally prohibited from buying his gun. And Mm -hmm. it was taking longer than the three days. So these are some common sense laws that I feel like it's relatively hard to argue against. Um, If people Mm -hmm. say, oh, well, we already have background check laws. Great. Not all states have them. Let's have all the states have them. Great. And, you know, there's some loopholes. You can, but you can still buy them from unlicensed dealers. That's, let's close that loophole. Mm-hmm. So I think I, there's, there's waiting period laws and there's red flag laws that are so important. And there's, you know, laws such as closing some loopholes that um, I'm hopeful our Senate is going to come together to pass. But like I was saying that the House has already passed them. They're sitting there waiting for the Senate to take them up and to listen. So I, I do think there is some hope that things things are changing. Um, Great. And you did say there was this is the positive piece that you said that yeah. we would have some positive yeah. stuff after I, all those negative one things. One of my yes. friends uses this quote, and I really like it. And she says that antidote to her anger is action. And, mm-hmm. and I really do feel that way because it's easy to look at all of this and it's terrible and all the headlines and these children that are killed, it's awful. And, mm-hmm. and I found myself sitting back going, this is terrible. What can I do? What can I do? Yes. Each meeting that I go to or that I plan, each time I talk to one of my legislators, I'm doing something and that action feels meaningful. And it's the collective action of all of us together using our voices it makes a difference. When our legislators hear from us, it makes a difference. Um, you know, we're, we're changing the narrative that, you know, gun violence prevention, like back in 2013, legislators were being recalled because of it. And now we have legislators actively campaigning, calling mm-hmm. themselves, right, gun sense candidates. Yes. Gun, um, and I think that has changed. And I think, yeah, finding, finding a way to get involved and as simply as sending an email and saying, okay, I sent an email, you know, what can Mm -hmm. I do next? I'm going to make a phone call and making a phone call sounds scary. I'm going to tell you uh, most of the time you make a phone call, you're leaving a voice message anyways, but there's my voice. This is what I, what matters. Mm -hmm. Your legislators, you know, finding out where, where does your school board stand on this? I think you've gone to some school board meetings, maybe Lisa, or talk to. I've gone to the principal. So I Uh was on the, um, just making school safer and seeing what individual schools were needing within the you know, Boulder County. And I got to talk, I mean, so scary to talk to, I don't talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So even though I do a podcast, like I know face to face talking yeah. to a principal is like terrifying, yeah. but I did, I, I sat, I asked questions. I was amazed at how responsive they were. Mm-hmm. I was amazed at how much the schools were doing and how prepared they really are. And that made me feel really good. Yeah. 
it made me think of as you're talking, there is a program uh, called Be Smart. I don't know if yeah. you've heard of this one. Yeah, I've gone and, to their meetings. I've been, exactly. And so Be Smart, it's an acronym and it's um, really to help reduce suicides and unintentional shootings. And it's an acronym the S is for secure, you know, secure in your firearm, the M model responsible behavior. And then the A is what I think is, is most important. The A is to ask. And I think this is something listeners, if you want to take home or something that you can do. So it's trying to normalize the language between asking someone, if you're having a play date, if your child, especially a young child is going over to someone's house for the first time, it might be common to send a text message. Hey, Lisa, I'm so excited. My daughter's coming over to play today. She doesn't have any allergies. And do you have any guns in your home? If so, how are they secured? Mm-hmm. normalizing that. So you could write back, oh, hey, thanks, Jenny. Um, we don't have any guns on our home, in our home. Or yes, we do, but they are secured, you know, locked away. The kids don't know how to access them where they are. Okay, great. Maybe they're going to say, oh, we do have guns. They're stored, you know, in our bedside table, but don't worry, you know, our kids know not to use them. I, maybe I'm going to decide then, okay, maybe we'll do the play date at my house instead of over mm-hmm. there. Um, and I remember being really nervous the first time I did it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then why, right? I'm nervous because yeah. I don't want to make someone uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> why right. are you know, they're uncomfortable or am I worried about, you know, my child? Yeah. Um, so I think that the, yeah, that was hard for us as well. We did ask, um, you know, and we definitely have, I mean, it's Colorado, a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And in fact, most people, we know do actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it was definitely scary to ask, but especially, you know, we started with sleepovers cause we felt like, Oh, they're overnight. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. They're unwatched. Um, so that's where we started with, and uh-huh. it was a fine response, like super scary. It was a lot of, Oh, uh, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. asking, but, but really it was like, I don't care if you have a gun or not. That's not what I care about. I just want right. to know, do you have a gun that's not, that's stored safely? Uh-huh. And so we kind of posed it more like that versus like, you know, do you have a gun in your house? You know, yeah. it was more like, Hey, do you have a gun that stores safely in your house? Cause mm-hmm. I need to know, you know, if I'm sending my kid over and, yeah. and, and we've got really great responses. You know, we did mm-hmm. get one that was like put high on a shelf that they couldn't reach. Yeah. I had to uh-huh. think about that one. I was like, can they not really reach it? Uh-huh. Um, versus locked but yeah but that was definitely a hard conversation but we felt much safer doing that you know yeah yeah Yeah. and it is I think it's yeah feeling uncomfortable I you don't want to offend anyone right and it's the way you ask you're not saying like you said we're not saying you can't have a gun but if you do and my young child's at your house how do I know that they're safe so Mm -hmm. um that is something I think we can you you could take away from this if you you yeah just one thing to do one teenagers I think too right I know in in the Boulder area, there was a, a teenager who died not too long ago mm-hmm. um, from access to a, a, a firearm at their friend's house. So I think yeah. teenagers, it's important to know as and well. That's, and that's when we stop knowing where they're going. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so that's really scary because that's parents, so many parents, we don't know they're teenagers. Yes. It's not yes. like we're meeting the parents anymore. Or, yes. So it is a lot harder, I feel like, with teens. So the other thing we did was, you know, educate our kids. You know, if yep. there is a gun, you know, what to do and, Absolutely. you know, just 
it's not a toy, you know, whatever. Um, just educating a little bit more of our kids. So we did that at the same time we kept asking. So hopefully some of that stuck. Yeah. <laughs> who, yeah. who knows? But yeah. let's talk about other, I love going into what we can do because yeah. I think there are a lot of parents like, what can we do? Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit. I know you mentioning mom's demands a lot, but like talk about a little bit of, I know they have so many divisions that you can become part of. Um, so first of all, how do people, mm-hmm. easiest way you can text, um, ready, R-E-A-D-Y to 64433. Uh, that will put you in touch right away, uh, with your local, your local group. I will say as being a local group lead, we're fortunately being inundated with lots of people who want to volunteer, which is wonderful, but it will take us a little bit of time to get back to everyone right now because we are all volunteers. This is something we're doing, you know, working, many of us working full-time and doing this on the side, but not to say we're not going to get back to you, but keep, if you find out where your local group is, keep asking, when's the next meeting? How can I show up if you need to? But we are, we are, there are lots of meetings coming up. You can, you can go to the Moms Man Action website or the Everytown for Gun Safety website to get information as well. Um, and then I think also, if you feel like you want to do something that you can do something today, again, find out who your representatives are. So go to that um, Ledge Colorado website I told you about, put in your address and, and find out who represents you and where do they stand on things. And if, if you can't tell from their website, send them an email and ask them, you know, what are you doing to prevent gun violence or um, where do you stand? You know, I will say in, in Douglas County where I live, I live in a very conservative county. Uh, there are no local legislators. Um, and sadly now on the federal level either at federal level either as I if I, we've got redistricted out of Jason Crow's um, district but so we're kind of doing the opposite we're fighting against um, laws that we think will reduce our safety that yeah. um, such as they want to allow um, guns on school grounds those are one of the, our legislators in Castle Rock was, is every year brings that bill to the floor that they want to get rid of the the gun-free zones in schools and allow guns on campus and so we are working to fight against those laws so that's another thing that when we say change hasn't happened we have um, we have stopped some of these bills from from moving forward so I think mm-hmm. if you live in a conservative area like I do that that's important to know what people are trying to do and if you live in a less conservative area, um, like you do in Boulder, you know, thank your your city council for what they're doing. I think it's really important to let those um, elected officials know that you have their back and you, you know, will work to be sure they keep their jobs um, because of what they're doing. Yeah. And what I love, I, I'm going to put a little plug for Mom's Demands. Um, what I love about them is I don't feel like I'm super educated. Like you sound so knowledgeable right now <laughs> talking about all right. this stuff. Right. But where I'm like, I, I yes. know there's a problem. Right. But I'm not that uh-huh. educated like uh-huh. you are. What I love about mom's demands, if you want to do something, they make it so easy. Like when I talked to the principals, they gave me scripts yes. that I would come in questions to ask. I didn't have yes. to come up with those. Yes. They give you scripts to call your representatives. Yes. They yes. make it so easy that you don't have to know anything because that's uh-huh. the fear. It's like, I, uh, what if they Absolutely. ask me a question? They give you those scripts. They they prepare you for whatever you need. And you can help on so many different levels. Or you could just be a body to just say, I'm just going to. I just want to show support. So mm-hmm. I'm going to put on a red shirt and just yeah. stand here and I can do something. Right. And so that's what I do love about them. And, and I definitely was somebody who's like, Oh my God, this is such a big problem, but I don't think 
like just I'm just one person I don't yeah. really know what I'm doing what can I do I really feel like even the little bits that I've helped have I see those laws passing I see the wins you know and I'm like wow it did make a difference those postcards yeah. that I sent out yeah to support somebody wow now they're elected that that was amazing like I was a part yes. of that and so I think that is one thing at least moms demands can take somebody who just wants to do something but has no idea how to do it and I love that you said that because I did spew off a lot of facts that I've learned over the past four <laughs> years that are, are the talking points that I really, you know, but I still might fumble. And there's might be one thing I said today that someone listening could say, she didn't say that right. She called mm-hmm. that gun, you know, by the wrong name. Um, and that's okay because we want to reduce gun violence in this country. We want to keep our kids safer and we're, doing everything we can to make that happen. And yes, moms is going to give you the language that you need and give you the support. And you can just show up and say, I, I want to make, you know, my kids safer when they go to school. Okay, let's start with that. And I think even having a conversation that is so scary or sending an email to the people that are making the laws, right? They're the ones that are making the laws have a conversation. Well, what do you think? What are you doing? Why do you think this? Asking Mm -hmm. questions, I think is a great way. You don't have to come with the information. You can just ask the questions um, Mm -hmm. and then, and take that, that what answers you get and and decide if that's someone you feel like you should support with what they Mm -hmm. give you. So that, that is something I learned from them. Like, don't just go and ask questions. Don't feel like Mm -hmm. you have to be the one with all the information. Right. Right. I mean, Jenny, this is such a big topic, obviously, um, and so hard. But what what is like maybe one hopeful thing that we can leave parents with? Again, I, I quote Shannon Watts a lot. But sure. she says when people ask her how you keep doing this every day, um, because she's been, you know, in this fight since 2012. And, and it's really the and she is a full time volunteer also with this. Uh, but she's, you know, going on national broadcasts and talking and and they say, how do you keep doing it? And she says, well, how do I not? She says, what's the alternative? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, what is the alternative for all of us to not do anything? Yeah. And if you think of it that way, I think, how do you, how do you not make that phone call? How do you not step out of your comfort zone to make, you know, our country mm-hmm. and our kids safer? So maybe that's not like a feel good thing, but it's maybe what you need, the motivation just to kind of, to nudge you to do mm-hmm. a little bit more. Yeah. Is there anything else that you feel that is really important for parents to hear? I think that your voice matters and it it makes a difference. And Shannon Watts was a stay-at-home mom and she's Mm -hmm. now organized over 8 million supporters from what she's done. We're not all going to be her by any means, um, but we can be a piece of what she's doing. And I think, you know, education is key. So just hearing these facts, learning a little bit more each day, learning who represents you uh, is important. Um, And and things are coming, right? The the fact Mm -hmm. that we got text alerts this morning saying that the Senate is ready to pass some bipartisan uh, or has some bipartisan support. This is change. All right. Changing topics a little bit. Um, I always ask this now. What has been your favorite parenting resource? Oh, parenting resource. Gosh, I'm not like a podcast junkie. So I love podcasts. (laughs) And I started listening to this recent podcast called the Puberty Podcast. It's by Dear Media Productions. Um, And I've really been enjoying it, learning all about as I have a 13-year-old and a a 10-year-old entering tweendom. Um, It's been really a a good one to listen to. So if people are looking for other podcasts, I would check out that Puberty Podcast. I'm going to check it out. I've got a 13 puberty podcast. 
boy. There you go. Yes. I mean, you're kind of in the throes of it. With I'm in the throes. Everyone's, daughter, but, yeah, lots yeah. of hormones going around my house right now, but that's okay. It's nice. Um, they have a whole bunch of different, you can kind of pick and choose what you want to listen to, what topics they have, but it's, it's, it's a great one. Awesome. I love that one. But thank you, Jenny, for just, oh my God, so much information that you gave us, so much education and just an amazing resource. Yeah, you are doing so much for this gun violence that we are dealing with. And it's so scary out there that it's just nice to know that we can do something instead of, I think someone recently said this, it was like, I think a basketball coach or something, but was like, I'm sick of the moment of silences. Yeah. And I am, I'm sick of people complaining about gun violence. I'm sick of the moment of silences. I'm more of a doer. So I feel like, okay, instead of complaining, instead of that moment of silence, let's pick something to do to change. And that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I, I think gun violence prevention is an and. There are lots of things. Uh, So Mm -hmm. people are going to get bogged down with all the things that are causing violence in our country. My and is is reducing access, um, reducing access to guns for to people who shouldn't have them. Many people say guns don't kill people. People kill people. And Mm -hmm. I know Shannon Watts likes to say, well, great. If it's the people that, you know, kill people, let's reduce their access Mm -hmm. to a gun. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's make it harder. Let's make make it harder. Let's make it harder. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. Jenny shared so much valuable information with us today. Please come and join us on our Real Life Moms Facebook group so we can continue to share resources and keep our families safe. And don't forget, even one person can make a difference. Thank you.